0: It's uh, Pastor Brandon here, and I'm coming to you live uh, from this fancy computer system. Uh, I don't know a lot about technology, so Brother Bobby's got me set up on here from my own home, which is pretty cool. Uh, although I don't really like seeing myself on camera, I don't know if any any of you can relate to that. But you know, all praise be to God because you know we're not together in person over at Lucerne Baptist Church 4805. Uh, Stone Mountain Highway, Lilburn, Georgia. But uh, we but that building is not the church. Amen. Uh, we are the church, his body. We are the church. And uh, so wherever, you know, we go, I mean, we're carrying the kingdom of God with us. We're carrying the church with us. And uh, so we're just going to rejoice and praise God and, and learn a little bit today about uh, the scriptures and whatnot. And you might see me look over and, you know, kind of look at some different stuff. And I'm I got my phone here so I can see uh, any questions, I can see you guys that are logged on on Facebook and whatever, because I'm recording this through a different program. Uh, but, uh, you know, we can. this can be an interactive thing. You can ask questions on Facebook, and uh, my wife, she'll be standing there monitoring those. And, you know, if you haven't, you just stop me. You know, I'll get to talking. I'll talk a thousand miles an hour. And, uh, you know, but we don't have to do it like that, you know. But today I wanted to talk to us a little bit about how we got the New Testament, Uh, I think it's a very important and very interesting subject, and also, just as a side note, you might hear uh, the kids coming in and out because we are at home right now, and uh, you know how kids do. So, uh, But anyway, um, just uh, really thankful that you guys are here, and for those of you who are watching live with us right now, and uh, for those of you who might catch this uh, little meeting later, uh, that's great, man, and I just want to maybe bow our heads for a moment and And I just lift up a word of prayer to the Lord Uh, for all this going on in in society right now. And for those of you who may be, you know, stuck at home and just kind of going stir crazy and whatnot. So let's just bow our heads and ask the Lord to lead us and guide us in this time, this very difficult time in our um, in our country right now and really in the world right now. And uh, so we're going to bow our heads and uh, just ask that the Lord would, would be with us. Heavenly Father, we come to you right now and we are so thankful that although there's a lot of things going on in the world, and and a lot of things are shut down, and and um, you know things are definitely not as going on as normal and as usual right now. But Father, you're still on the throne. You're still in control. We still love you, Lord. You still love love us. Your word says that you will never leave us nor forsake us, and we thank you for that, God. We ask that you would lead us and guide us during this time, and Father, just help us to relax during this this few moments as if it were, uh, you know, just another small group study, Lord. And and I just ask that you would bless this time and open up the eyes of our understanding as we take a look at how we got uh, the New Testament of our Bible. Father, which is just an amazing thing, Lord. And and uh, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the Bible, Lord. Just what an awesome thing that it, that it truly is. And uh, before we move on, God, I just want to take a, a moment to. Lift up my voice and ask that you would be with with our country and and, uh, our fellow citizens, Lord, and and all of our brothers and sisters across this globe, Father. Because one thing that's cool about the kingdom of God is that uh, that there's there's a body of believers, which which makes us family, brothers and sisters with so many different people all across this world. And so, Father, we just ask that you would be with them Lord. be with everyone right now as they struggle to. Um, you know, just maintain composure and 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 uh, just uh, figure out how to overcome this crisis, Lord. And I tell you, I know how to overcome it. We we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, Lord. And and um, you know, we just uh, just want to remind ourselves that uh, that just like I preached on Sunday, Lord, that you've not given us the spirit of fear, but you've given us uh, love, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And so we rest in your word right now, God. And and we ask that you would uh, just help us to remember. Uh, all that your scripture says about times of crisis and trials and tribulations. We don't have to be, uh, you know, so concerned about it, Lord, because this 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 earth, even if it were to pass away, as we know that it will, it's not the end uh, of, of our, our journey, Lord, but it's really only, only the beginning. And so, Lord, we thank you and we ask that you would just give us all wisdom as we uh, go about and, and our government makes decisions, Lord, to... Um, to overcome this this coronavirus, Lord. We thank you, we love you, we praise you, ask that you be with all the sick, Lord. Give them a healing touch, Lord. We love you in Jesus' name, amen. All right, that's kind of weird to uh, pray like that with my eyes closed on camera, but anyway, we'll move along. And um, again, I just want to take this time to remind you that uh, please, if you have any questions, write them in the comment section below. My wife will relay, relay those to me. Uh, or I might just take a look over here uh, to the side where I've got my phone and my Bible and my notes for this study and this lesson. And, uh, you know, periodically check in on that. But if you, if I'm going too fast for you or if you have a question, I'll do my best to answer it. And, uh, you know, so let's dive on in again. Like I like I said, the the idea behind this study tonight is uh, discussing how we got the New Testament. Um, there's a whole nother, you know, deal with. Uh, the Old Testament, you know, that's, a, that's a, another a topic for another day, but it's still a very similar deal. All the whole Bible is inspired uh, and, and, you know, it's, it's given to us by God, not by the will of man. And uh, so we're going to talk about a few little things. And uh, there are really about four major things that we can talk about in reference to uh, receiving and adding and, and putting together the New Testament of the scriptures. And uh, the first thing that we're going to we're going to talk about probably two of them today. We won't have time to get through all four of them, uh, but we're going to talk about the first main two um, uh, in this lesson today and maybe try to finish the other two next week. Uh, But the first one I want to talk to you about today is called inspiration. So how do we get the New Testament scriptures? Well, first of all, by inspiration. Uh, Inspiration is basically the process by which God breathed out the scriptures through human authors and i want you to take a look please if you have your bibles if you don't have your bible go get your bible please uh that is the word of god and you can't read the word of god without your bible and uh, i will say this that you know i have a, a bible app on my phone and i love my bible app it gets me through a lot of um you know times where obviously i can't just uh pull out my my bible during the middle of the Installing a spring on a garage door and then all of a sudden a scripture might hit me. So sometimes I might pull out my phone while I'm on the job and take a look and see, you know, what the Lord's trying to to show me through his holy word. And so I love my Bible app on my phone, but it's nothing compared to my Bible, my physical Bible. This thing right here, man, you got if you don't have a physical Bible because you're trying to go all new age and techie and stuff like that. You got to go. You got to get you a Bible, please. That's 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 free advice from your pastor today. But I want to talk to you. uh, I want to show you a scripture uh, found in Second Peter, uh, chapter one. I'm going to give you just a second to turn over to that. Some of y'all might want to take notes on this or whatever. You know, it doesn't matter. Maybe come back to it later. But uh, because I don't want to just waste a lot of time just waiting on everybody. But uh, but just uh, the second the second epistle or second Peter. Uh, chapter 1 verse 20 we're talking about inspiration uh, of God uh, breathing out the Holy Scriptures and I want you to look at second Peter chapter 1 verse 20 the first word in in this scripture is very important I mean it's it's one of those things to where God is trying to alleviate any concern uh, or any loopholes he's like a lawyer I mean he's like a judge you know he's like yeah he, he's amazing so he's eliminating loopholes here when he says knowing this first in other words we don't have to kind of like hope that he's telling us all the information or you know maybe that this is what it could be but no we knowing this first you know look up the definition of know or knowing and you if, if you need clarity on that but knowing this first that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost so listen there's this um, this idea that you know has been generated for years and it's definitely there's a lot of different ideas on this subject but uh the one that I'm throwing myself one hundred percent behind is 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 located right here. you know how do we understand the scriptures? How do we interpret the scriptures? Do we have to you know uh sit there and pray and hopefully you know we'll have this random thought or whatever and you know this and that now God can and does you know speak to us in a still small voice and 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 reveals things to us uh you know by his holy spirit He'll bring us revelation and understanding of the scriptures. But still, we have to understand is that the scripture is not up for private interpretation. the the um, the foundation or the rock that we build our house upon, like Jesus talked about in Matthew chapter seven. Therefore, if anyone heareth these sayings of mine, in was words, these, these sayings, if he hears my word, the word of God. If any man hears the word of God, these sayings of mine, and does them and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man uh, who built his house on the rock. But those who hear these sayings of mine and doeth them not, I will liken him unto a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. And guess what happens? You can rest assured that the winds and storms. Of this life are coming just kind of like they are right now you know people are very uncertain in many cases how they're gonna pay their bills because their job is shut down for two weeks the the bills are still coming they got a mortgage to pay they got food to buy they've got all you know car payments and insurance and medical bills and all this stuff so this is an uncertain time you know that we're living in but for those who hear the Word of God and and do their best to live their life, you know, in faith to his word, that person built his house on the rock. Because when the storms of life come, as you can rest assured they will, if your house is built on anything other than a rock, it's built on the sand, the shifting sand, well, then guess what? When the winds come and the storms rage, your house is going to be blown into smithereens and, you know, Kind of like the Wizard of Oz kind of thing, you know. It might land on some wicked witch somewhere. I don't know, but all I'm saying is it's not going to stand in these last days. All right. So how do we interpret Scripture? Well, Scripture interprets Scripture. That's the beautiful thing about it. You don't understand something right here that you're reading today. Well, that don't, or you, or maybe you disagree with it, which God understands that all right he's not caught by surprise we can't hide these thoughts you know from us from him but sometimes we might read something and be like how is that even a thing you know how can that be a truth how can that be the word of god but listen if it's in this book just because you don't understand it or maybe at this point you don't agree with it that don't mean that it is not right it's all right 100 from start to finish genesis 1 to revel the end of revelation every piece of this bible is correct whether we agree with it or not but during those times we ask God for understanding and guess what we keep reading we just keep reading we don't understand something now you keep reading because scripture interprets scripture all right moving along all right so uh, inspiration is the first process the first stage in the whole process of how we got the New Testament I right, uh, this is basically where the New Testament writings began in other words when the Holy Ghost moved upon the prophets and the apostles, uh, and and they began to pin the words of God as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. This was the first stage in the process of how we received these scriptures. Um, The first writings of the New Testament probably were composed somewhere around A.D. 40, not A.D. 40, but A.D. A.D. in Spanish, for those of you who don't speak English, uh, A.D. 40s, somewhere in there that's when they began to pin the words and the final book was probably written somewhere around ad 95 uh, which you know when you think about it in just a few short 55 years uh just a very during the very short period of time after christ uh penned by apostles and people eyewitnesses of the lord jesus christ which we'll talk about a little bit later in this study um, but in 55 years all of the 27 books of the New Testament were written just in 55 years um, so that's that's really a cool thing but our terminology inspiration is not again you know we want to look we want the Bible to be our guiding post in everything that we believe in everything that we do all right so when I give you the word inspiration, it's not taken just from, you know, out of the blue, right, just out of thin air somewhere. If you can turn to 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3, uh, verse 16 and 17. Now, a lot of you probably have heard a lot of this stuff before, uh, but for those of you who haven't or haven't studied it as in-depth, I think that uh, you'll definitely appreciate it. But Second Timothy 3, 16 and 17. He says, all scripture, not some, not most, not a little here and there, but all scripture is given by inspiration of God, not by the will of man, just like he, the apostle Peter wrote uh, in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 20 or 21, uh, not by the will of man, but by the will of God. All right, so all scripture is given by inspiration of God, And is profitable for four things all right so when we read the Bible we're not reading the Bible for no reason because you know God wants to punish us by trying to figure out how we're gonna understand all the pages of this book you know there's something I've been wanting to do lately but I haven't quite got around to it but I want to look up uh, how many words are in the entire Bible so I can really hammer that point home Because and and the truth is, man, like when you look at this book, I mean, it can be overwhelming if you're not careful, Uh, which just taking a look at it uh, has probably defeated a a vast majority, large number, at least of Christians from even really trying to delve into learning the Bible and reading the Bible and studying the Bible uh, for themselves. So, I mean, it can be a daunting task, but. My challenge to people is you know we think in our minds if we can read enough scripture, you know maybe we can read the book of you know uh, Genesis, and then we read the book of Matthew today, and you know we'll make God happy and he'll bless us and make us you know happy and fulfilled and all this and that. and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. in fact, one of the stuff one of the things that I'm personally doing right now is reading entire books of the bible in one sitting because there is profit in doing that because you can kind of gain an overall uh text you know um what do you call it um context you know understanding the whole book in context of why the you know it was penned in the first place rather than just picking a little thing here and there not to say that you know you can't you know get some some truth and some gold in a piece here and there but god can give you a greater understanding as you sit down and try to read the whole book you know but but that's a whole nother thing that's a whole nother way of doing things but i I will say this every word of god is pure every word i mean every word is amazing and powerful It's sharper than any two-edged sword it pierces to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and it's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So the word of God is powerful in every aspect. And um, and so, you know, there's different stages of study that I go through for myself personally. Uh, but I, I challenge you like this. If you can't sit down and read a whole book from start to finish, then just start reading. Read a couple of chapters. Even a, a very short book like Ephesians. Last night I read the book of Ephesians. And I'm not kidding when I say it probably took three or four hours and it's only six chapters but because as I'm reading it I had enough time to sit there and really try and digest what he was saying you know and and really investigate and turn and flip through other you know portions of scripture to try to gain understanding of things that I came across that I didn't understand and so it took me a long time to go through the book of Ephesians last night Uh, But, but God blessed me because of it. But I'll tell you like this, there's a couple of things that really stood out to me during that study time last night that, you know, he really began to quicken in my spirit and, you know, and made profitable for me. But, but so anyway, I keep digressing, but I'll I'll say just, what's up, Noah? Say, Hey, yeah, there you go. All right. Now go sit down. But I, I wanted to say this is that a one word from God One word from God, hold on, let me repeat that for all of you who didn't catch that, what I just said, one word from God can change your life forever. That's the power of his word, all right? We're not talking about the word of man, we're not talking about the word of just some random dude or a psychologist or a psychiatrist or the president or, you know, whoever your favorite Um, you know author or pastor is all that's well and good and you they they heard you buddy all that's well and good and you can learn from other people don't get me wrong but I'll tell you there's nothing like learning from from God himself he's the creator of everything and a lot of us have these pre man I got I started it so I got to say it but I got to I got to stick to where I'm at today but man I get excited when I talk about the word of God y'all I hope that you know, maybe some of you will also get excited for the word of God, because look, you know, there's nothing there's nothing better than it. But um, see, now I don't forgot what I was going to say anyway, so we'll, we'll, we'll let it go. I need to move on. I need to keep going. Hallelujah. Praise God in the name of Jesus. So all scripture, Second Timothy three, 16 and 17, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So when I said earlier that when we read the Bible, we don't read it because God is trying to, you know, make us sit down and, you know, do something we don't want to do. No, there is there is a profit in reading the scripture. I, it is profitable for your life. Uh, the first thing is profitable for is doctrine where are you going to get doctrine if you don't have a firm foundation to get it from because if we just came up with our own doctrine based upon what we think is right then what i'm gonna come up for it you know as and make doctrine is going to be different than what you come up with and what the next person comes up with and so on and so forth on and on the list goes. That's why we have to have a concrete source, y'all. It has to be a concrete source, and this is what it is: the Holy Bible. All right, that's the one I read right there. All right, the Holy Bible, the Word of God. That's our concrete source. All right, and one of the reasons why I'm doing this study with you guys tonight is because it's under attack. It's always been under attack. You know, you can even read about, you know, there's portions of Scripture where Paul talks about uh, false teachers coming in the middle of the church teaching all kinds of false doctrine. Because they weren't getting their doctrine from, from the Scriptures. All right, They were getting it from, honestly, probably familiar spirits, if you want to be honest about it. You know, because if it's a false doctrine, it's not from God. So where is it coming from? Well, it's coming from the enemy. That's where and and but let me clarify something we're not all going to agree as humans on every doctrine you know that we glean from the word of god you know that's all these different denominations out there and such and you know there's a reason behind that and there's nothing wrong with denominations all right um but but i will say that there at, at the end when we get to heaven and we and every tongue shall confess and every knee shall bow at the name of Jesus, we're going to figure, we're going to find out from him that there was always only one doctrinal truth according to, you know, the many doctrines. There was only one truth of all the doctrines. And a lot of them, we probably ended up, you know, missing some stuff from. The only thing that we really need, I don't want to say the only thing, but the most important thing is this. Jesus, the son of God, came down, humbled himself, and and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And whoever shall call on the name of the Lord, and believe in him, and confess with, with their mouth that Jesus is Lord, right, God will raise to newness of life. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That's the main thing. We can't. We cannot shy away from that. Jesus is the only way to salvation. Now, not everyone's going to agree with that, and I can't help it. But it's right here. Can't can't shy away from it. This is where we get doctrine. All right, for reproof. All right, uh, there is a very um, helpful tool that you guys can download on your phone I don't know how well you can see that can y'all see that look Webster 1828 dictionary Noah Webster was a devout man of God and I love his 1828 dictionary because there's a lot of words in this Bible that I don't know what they mean alright so I can either choose to ignore um, those words and just keep moving or I can look up the definitions and gain greater understanding for what these words mean so I'm gonna type in the word and this app is free just go in the App Store Webster 1828 and you'll find it and you can download it now something very cool about Noah's 18 I mean Noah Webster 1828 dictionary uh, I don't know how well you know the I'm not a technology guy so it might work it might not I don't know but you can see this definition when I typed in reproof in the in the middle of the sentence there it shows Proverbs chapter 12 in the dictionary, He's giving you scripture to back up the definition of the word in the dictionary. I love that. That is amazing. So reproof. The first one says, Blame expressed to the face. Censure for a fault. Reprehension. Those best can bear reproof who merit praise. He that hateth reproof is brutish. Proverbs chapter 12, right there in the middle of the definition. That's incredible to me. Blame cast, censure directed to a person. In other words, the all scripture is profitable to help you to understand who you are and where you fall short in your daily life. And, and, which was the law. That's exactly what the law is was for that's why God gave the law to Israel was to show his people how impossible well let me say it like this to show his people how far off of the mark for his true holiness and virtue and sanctification and sanctity and and, you know we're so far off y'all and I made mention of this the other day, I think maybe Sunday during a Sunday morning service, but no one has ever been saved by the law. People will tell you that, but they haven't. Even in the Old Testament, no one was saved by the law. Read Hebrews chapter 11. It was by faith. It's always been by, by, about, or by faith. Back then, it's by faith right now. Right? It's our faith in Jesus Christ the finished work on the cross that gets us from here to there but the scripture is profitable to show us where we fall short now when he shows us those things look what he says next it's also profitable for correction so in other words I don't have to figure out or come up with my own way of overcoming the trials and tribulations of this life the scripture is profitable for correction Now, I don't know if, uh, about you, you guys but for me I can admit there's many times in my life as a pastor as a Christian as a you know disciple of Christ or whatever you want to call it now yesterday today a month ago six months ago, 10 years ago, whenever, that I have stepped out of line. I know you guys aren't, you know, it's hard for you to believe that, but it's true. But the scripture is profitable when, when he reveals that to us. Because when we step outside of the ordinances of God, guess what? That's not how we're created to live. And when we do that, there brings a separation of, Uh, between not us and him like in in the sense that you know he's forsaken us like you know we're separated from his love because nothing can separate us from his love but there's this it's like a block you know maybe some of you have experienced it like this to where you know in your heart and in your mind you desire to spend time in prayer you desire to read the Bible you desire to go to church but you stop doing that stuff for a while. You know, There for a while, you were in it every day, man. You was waking up, praying. You were going to sleep praying. You were reading the Bible every day. You had a devotion time or whatever, but you let it go and you stop doing it for a day or so. And then guess what? You stop going to church for a week or so. Then what happens next time? It gets easier and easier and easier until the point to, to not do those things. And next thing you know, It's been six months you haven't said a prayer. It's been two years you haven't picked up your Bible. It's been four years since you've been to church, except one time you went on Christmas Eve or Easter. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, during all those times, because we haven't been feeding our spirit with the word of God, we've strayed off the path into some other things that are contrary to his word. And what ends up happening? we become discontented we become depressed we become unfulfilled we become a lot of things because we're not putting the right fuel into our spiritual gas tanks you know we're feeding our spirit but not with the word of God we're feeding it with the word of Game of Thrones somebody (laughs) the Walking Dead Um, the endless scroll of Facebook Where every post right now is about COVID-19 and the decline of the stock market and the fear and the panic and all those things. And if we're not in the word of God spending time with him, then guess what? Uh, We're going to fall into the snare of the enemy and get beat down in our spirit, man, to the point to where we're just like, man, we're all depressed, full of fear, full of anxiety. And whatever else that goes along with it. So there are times in my life, many times daily, that I need correction. And the word of God is profitable for that correction. Then he says, also for instruction and in righteousness. Okay, that kind of goes back to what I said earlier. Uh, we don't have to come up with and and we can't come what we can come up with, but it's not righteousness. You know, we can't come up, we can come up with our own morals and all this kind of stuff. But in, at the end of the day, our own ideas and stuff, if they don't line up with the word of God, they're not righteousness. So the word of God is profitable to show us what true righteousness and true holiness really is. Because God is the essence of righteousness. He is the essence of good he is the essence of morality you know there's this uh, big debate and argument over um, does God uh, will things or command things because they are good or does God will things and command things therefore they are good in other words does he tell us to do these things in the Bible because they're good things for us to do Or does he tell us to do these things in the Bible, therefore, you know, and since he told us, since he's God and he told us, that's what makes him good. But both of those fall short of the truth and reality of what it really is. And what it really is, is that because God is the essence of good, because God is good, he is righteousness, therefore his commands emanate from his being. So, in other words, it's just like you know we're not saved by our works. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the <clears throat> excuse me. It is the gift of God, not of works, uh, lest any man should boast. All right, so we're not saved and receive salvation by our works or by what we do. And the same is true uh, with the virtues and morality given to us by God you know we're not we're not designed to follow the law and follow his commands so we can be good you know so we can do good things in other words but the reason that god wants to give us his word and his commands and his morality is because we is to make us into good if if that makes sense in other words virtue is not about doing good it's about being it's a, it's about who I am, In other just like uh, you know, for by grace are you saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. I can never work my way to salvation. Okay, so why am I saved? Because of what He did, and when I place my faith in Him by His grace, because only by His grace do I even have the chance or opportunity to put my faith in Him. But when I put my faith in Him and received, you know, the finished work of the cross then I became a new creature in Christ Jesus so now I am new not I'm doing new things I am new that's deep I'm actually putting together a study right now that kind of goes over some of that stuff and it's like doing this thing right here blowing my mind I but it's a long way from being fleshed out all right now we said all that I want you to look at verse 17 So the word, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Why? Well, he tells us in the next verse, why are all these things true about the word of God? So that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. In other words, the scripture is designed as that double-edged sword that pierces to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. That's the part of me that you can't see. That's the spirit man. And then the uh, uh, the out, outward part of me, the the you know the soul and the spirit, and the joints and the marrow. The joints and the marrow. That's the part of me that you can see. But the word of God pierces first by that two-edged sword. Pierces first. To the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. Because, and then the joints of marrow. Because the word of God transforms us from the inside to the outside. So I don't know about y'all, but that makes me excited. I love that. That's awesome. Because when he when he changed, if we we try to change from the outside in, if we don't go to the bar anymore, we won't get drunk. Uh, I know a lot of people who tried that. Well, if I don't go and hang out with my old friends, I won't get high. Yeah, I tried that myself many times. It didn't work. Uh, and, and whatever your vice is, put it, you know, fill in the blank. We tried not to do things. But the—but when I fell in love with the word of God, Jesus Christ, and, he, and and allowed him to begin his work in my life, he transformed me from the inside to the outside. What does that mean? Well, when he changes us in our heart and our inward person, then the outside begins to change as well. So that's you know, there's evidence showing that we've had this transformation. Now I'm gonna pause here just for a second uh, before we move on. Is there anybody commenting, asking any questions? Um, Miss Alicia Beaver said, "I know you're waiting for glory, so here it is, glory." (laughs) Thank you uh, for that glory. Can I can I also get an amen, somebody? Hallelujah! Somebody, give me an amen because uh, I just did some preaching that was far outweighing y'all's shouting amens. Amen. Everybody saying amen. There you go. Now, all right. And also take this time if you're just tuning in, share this video right now. Invite people to get on and take part in this. All right, everybody. You know, we all need some word of God in our life now. So that's where we get the terminology inspiration. The Bible tells us that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, not by the will of man, but by God Himself. As men, of, as the men of old um, began to write, as they they were moved by the Holy Ghost. All right. Uh, so this doctrine of inspiration. Uh, really had its beginnings in the giving of the law to Moses. That's when the written law, the written scripture came into being. Now, the oral scripture was already there. It went all the way back to the Garden of Eden when God began to give his word to Adam and Eve. And that's a whole other study for another day. But just understand, the word of God has been from the beginning. Uh, It's always been. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And you know, we, which we know is Jesus. But you know, also look at Genesis chapter one, verse one. When God spoke in the beginning, let there be light. Well, guess what happened? Light happened, and He saw that it was good. So that's the Word of God all the way. I said earlier from the garden, but it was before that. It was before the garden. The Word of God. All right so but the inspiration of the written word of god goes all the way back to when god gave moses the law uh, moses was commanded to inscribe uh the words and commands of the lord for the people of israel because if we don't have a word to go by or a standard to go by well the deceitful uh hearts of men therefore the, we know that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked, who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart; I try the reins to give to every man according to the fruit of his doings. That's Jeremiah seventeen nine and ten. So the the heart is deceitful, in this nation. Read the Old Testament. It's basically, and I know this is not intended to sound uh, in anything but just a very quick, direct thing. It's not. You know, I'm not making light of anything, in other words, because Scripture is amazing. But the Old Testament is basically the same story over and over again. God gave his people his commands and his laws, and he told them, as long as you abide by them, you'll be blessed, you'll stay you know, in my presence, we'll hang out, we'll do things together, this, that, and the other. But then Israel hardens their hearts towards the commands of God, and God sends his prophet to, to tell him, if you don't straighten up, I'm going to wipe you off the map and send you into captivity and you know, and take away these blessings over and over again, all right? Because there was an authority, uh, and when they were in obedience to God's word, then he did what he said. But when they were in disobedience to God's word, then guess what? He did what he said, all right? He's a, he's a God of his word. All right, but there there were the word of God carried great authority in the life of the nation. Uh, later, the Old Testament prophets <clears throat> proclaimed the word of the Lord. So when you read that in the Bible, the thus the saith the Lord or the word of the Lord, that's all you need to know. And so when these Old Testament prophets proclaimed the word of the Lord, uh, they recorded it. That's where Jeremiah and Isaiah and... You know Ezekiel and uh, you know in the first five books of the law that Moses wrote and all these different you know books of the Bible that's where it came from uh, and just as a side note while we're on this particular subject the word prophet or the title prophet did not mean you know like who oh, you know I'm gonna get my crystal ball out and you know uh, tell the future no now these prophets of the Lord could tell the future but not in and of themselves they were handed the word of god by an angel of the lord and then that the, the lord told them to go and tell people what was to come in in times in, in the future that's why the word prophet is tightly associated with you know seeing the future but the the man wasn't able to see the future in and of himself it was a gift of god And so when the prophet spoke those things which were to come, he was speaking the word of God, and that's why he was a prophet. So that's what prophet means. It's someone that was speaking the word of God, and then they recorded it, all right? The prophet's primary role and occupation was to call Israel to obedience to the Lord. Can you uh, bring me the charger? I need to plug it in. Definitely don't want to die in the middle of this. We're getting close to the end. I guess we're only going to end up getting through this first one because y'all know that uh, I get off on some wild tangents. I was planning on getting through the second one as well. But uh, it's all good. We're not in any hurry. We're talking about inspiration in the Word of God, and that's a powerful thing. All right, so uh, we're going to be wrapping up here very shortly. Um, All right, so in the first century, y'all check this out, all right? In the first century, Jesus and his disciples – uh, manifested a deep commitment to the Word of God as recorded in the Law and Prophets, which is a phrase that referred to the books of the Hebrew Bible. Listen, I, I'm going to take y'all somewhere real quick. Y'all turn to Matthew 22, 36 through 40. All right, we're going we're to see an example of this real quick. Matthew 22, 36 through 40. All right. And I want y'all to catch hold of what I just said just a second ago and then we're gonna read those scriptures and I'm gonna show you something uh, for those of you who don't know how to do this and it will help you in your studies but in the first century Jesus and his disciples manifested a deep commitment to the Word of God as recorded in the law and prophets over and over again Jesus quoted Old Testament scriptures over and over again. Now, this is an example of that found in Matthew 22, 36 through 40. He says, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. I want you to look at verse 37, and some of y'all won't have this, but probably 99% of your Bibles will have this. In verse 37, look at the beginning of thou shalt love the Lord thy God. Next to that should be a tiny little letter. Mine is an E, a little bitty E. And I look to the left, and I see there is a reference to Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5. So I will turn in my Bible to Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 5. And we're going to read why there is a reference point on that verse in Matthew. And thou shalt love... The Lord thy God, with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. Now, this is just a little a side note. You know, that I'm showing you something here, how to do something. But I would encourage you to read 6 through 9 on that. There's some powerful words there. But I don't have time to go through that right now. But here is Jesus referencing what was written in the Old Testament. The New Testament is full of it. Jesus and Deuteronomy, one of the main ones, you know, we, 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 it's hard for us to go through and read Deuteronomy because man, you know, we don't, you know, unless you're really studied in it, it's hard to understand a lot of that. It gets deep and a lot of stuff that, you know, whatever, but over and over again, Jesus references the Old Testament. Look at verse 39 in Matthew 22. And the second is like unto it look at the, the little where he says thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself on mine there's a tiny little h next to it uh, before he says thou shalt I look over here to the left in the middle and it says Leviticus 19 verse 18 so I'll go back to Leviticus and look at chapter 19 verse 18. All right, thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people, but thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, I am the Lord. So if Jesus quoted scripture and had a deep um, commitment to the word of God, as record as recorded, he's referencing written. Scripture, Jesus is. How much more so than should we? You follow what I'm saying? I hope I'm getting through to somebody because this Bible is under attack, y'all. Its authority is under attack and, and its authenticity is under attack. It was written by men and all this and that. Well, God did use man to write it. But they, were, they wrote it as they were moved upon by the Holy Ghost. Inspiration, as they were inspired or as God breathed. You look at the process of breathing. There's inspiration and expiration, breathing in and breathing out. That's God breathed. That's from the mouth of God. Somebody say Hallelujah, Amen. So, <clears throat> I, I so uh, Jesus also held that the Old Testament was true and authoritative for life. We talked about that a little bit ago about the authority of Scripture in the life of the nation. But again, I want to reiterate that Jesus also held that the Old Testament was true and authoritative. He also presented himself as the fulfillment of the Old Testament promises and prophecies. We're almost done, y'all, but I want to take you somewhere here uh, to to show you uh, where Jesus presents himself as the fulfillment of the Old Testament promises and prophecies. Turn to Luke 24, verse 27. Luke 24, 27. It's the last chapter in Luke. All right, Luke 24, 27. Uh, and beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all these scriptures. Somebody say scriptures. scriptures. Yeah, there you go. I couldn't hear you, but to my type scriptures. <laughs> Amen. I'm funny. I know. Uh, And so he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And uh, Jesus is teaching the disciples the scriptures beginning at Moses. Where did he get this from? Uh, From the Bible, from the scrolls, from the inspired word of God, uh, teaching him the things of the scriptures all concerning himself. And they drew nigh to the village whither they went, and he made as though he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. And it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it and brake it and gave to them. And their eyes were opened, and they knew him. And he vanished out of their sight. How were their eyes opened, and he knew them? Because they had fellowship with the word of God. Somebody ought to say glory. God opened their eyes through fellowship in his word. It's amazing. Then look what they say in verse thirty two. And they said one to another, Did not our hearts burn our heart burn within us while he taught with us by the way, and while he opened to us the scriptures. He set ablaze their hearts from the inside out, because of the knowledge they just gained, the revelation knowledge they just gained from the scripture. It blows me away, y'all. It really does. Then drop down to verse 44, same chapter. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses. Here we have another form or another testament, Jesus telling you the authority of written scripture and in the prophets. Now look here. And he even mentions these scriptures by name, the prophets, Jeremiah, Isaiah, Ezekiel, all those, all right, and in the Psalms, you know, so the Psalms, all right, concerning me. Uh, and then, verse 45, then open he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. Why did he say all that? Why did he bring them through all that teaching? Because he wanted them to understand what? the scriptures so is it not important for us to understand the scriptures this is not just something that you know is a boring thing to do it's really not it, there's so much excitement in this book y'all i mean it's it's really amazing all right? Uh, that paved the way for the new testament scriptures which would record Jesus's life and message tie it to the Old Testament the Old Testament the prophecy concealed the New Testament the prophecy revealed by by Jesus Christ all right he would tie he would record his life and message tie it to the Old Testament and delineate what it meant for righteousness and eternal life how do we come to that understanding How do we learn about God through his scriptures, not by sitting in a meditated state, trying to clear all your mind in a yoga position, talking about all this other stuff. And that's a whole nother conversation. And y'all going, some of y'all going to be mad at me if we ever have it. But that's a whole nother topic for another day. Look, scripture, (laughs) my wife is laughing at me right now. Scripture is clear. That its source is God another you know referencing back to that second Peter chapter 1 verse 21 and 20 and 21 as men were moved by the Holy Ghost now it is also clear that humans wrote the books they penned the actual words however because of the inspiration of God being moved by the Holy Ghost The result of this process is an inspired Bible whose source is divine and as a result without error. So that's going to conclude our study for tonight. I hope y'all have benefited from this study. Share it with your friends. Pass it along. You know, and we'll continue it as time progresses. Uh, You know, my wife is asking some things. Look. Just know, just know, next week we're going to be talking about the same topic, a different aspect of how we got the, the scriptures, but the same topic, how we got the scriptures. We're going to be talking about canonization, how these particular books got included. So if you have any questions, you know, uh, or if you if you have something to offer that I'm missing, I don't know all of this. You know what I'm saying? I'm just teaching it to the best of what I have currently At my, you know, disposal. And so if there's some of you Bible scholars out there uh, that, you know, have something to add to it, type it in, you know, or call me throughout this week. Send me a message and uh, we'll talk about it. Or, you know, you can include that in the comments below or or whatever. And so, um, you know, if there's anything you can think of between now and then, you know, get your wheels turning and we'll meet again same time next week. Lord willing. Love you. Let's pray and close this thing out. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I love you and I praise you. Thank you for this time that we've had together. I feel that it's been very, very profitable in your word. And I thank you for the authority of your scripture and the realization that it's not just some man-made book that as many would like for us to believe. But Lord, it is inspired directly from you. It is given to us directly from you. We cannot separate your word, your Bible from you. Lord, we love you and we praise you. We ask that you would build us up, give us understanding, and open these scriptures up to us as we read them. We love you and praise you and ask that you would just keep all of our families safe, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.